What's up, everybody, and thanks for tuning back into the TWC Stay Hated podcast. On this episode, I have the homie Mike Marino come on. Uh, Mike does all the design work or most of the design work for um, Trigger Warning. Uh, Has done all of our logos except for two, I believe. Um, So we talk about that. We talk about the fact that he's been straight edge his whole life and what that means to him and what the culture of straight edge is all about and how it wraps into hardcore and punk rock. We talk about the hardcore scene. We talk about music. We played in a couple bands together, so we talk about making music and what that feels like and all that good stuff. So it was a really fun episode. Um, we kind of bounce around, but we talk about some pretty cool shit, and it was really nice to sit down and uh, kind of reminisce about old times playing music together with an old friend. So without any further ado, here is episode 8, I think, maybe 10. Who knows? Fuck it. Here's the podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. All right, so we've had a lot of uh, like powerlifting forward uh, podcast episodes recently. Um, so today, I'm having my friend Mike Marino on. I've known Mike for, shit, probably seven years, something like that. Uh, we played in bands together. He currently does uh, 99.9% of the designs for the Trigger Warning Apparel. Um, And he is a straight-edge young man from fucking New Hampshire. So uh, I would like to welcome you to the show. How are you doing today, Mike? Doing all right. How are you doing? I'm chilling, man. It's fucking... What day of the week is it? It's Wednesday. I'm like four four days after my meet, so I'm just like... Not quite training yet. I actually get some time to to chill out. So um, how old are you, Mike? I'm 27. 27. And what, is that right? Have we known each other for like seven? I feel like you were younger than 20 when we met. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like 2012. Right? Because it was like the first time I met you was that weird show. It was like the back door basement to a oh. fucking bar. That like, remember that? It was like down yes. that little hill in like the back. <laughs> was what was like that this- place? I don't remember. I don't even remember where it was. I just remember being like, yo, this band is fucking sweet. So uh, that was in Methuen, Mass. Was it? All right. Yeah. It was like this like weird. There were like two posts like set up in the middle. There were like there was like those support beams like kind of like yeah. right off to the side. Um, so what's the uh, so the, the biggest band you've been in the band you were in for the longest is Monarch. When did right. you guys when did you guys first get together? Uh, that must have been late 2011. So like high school kids? Just graduated high school. It was later that year we got together and started writing some shit. And uh, one of the guys, I can't remember, what they were wearing a Manchester Monarchs hockey shirt, and that was it. We just went with it. <laughs> That's sick. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. We were uh, like, what are we going to call ourselves? Uh, Monarch. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then like you put out, there was like the one song that you guys recorded that was like, kind of like Southern hardcore mailing and the sons of disaster type shit. Yeah. It was kind of like, had like a kind of a groove to it. And then when I first heard the first, uh, EP, like the, the Riley EP, the first one was like, I was totally fucking, different, dude, I was blown away. I remember being in my car, like I'd seen you guys, and then I put it in the in the, my CD player, and I was like, I can't fucking believe that these teenagers wrote this fucking record. Like, this is like ridiculous. <laughs> and it was like, what kind of like? How would you describe that sound? Like, what would you what what like genre of hardcore would you say that is? Uh, I'd say like melodic hardcore, which I guess gets. I don't know. People people don't all have the same uh, definition of melodic hardcore, but. I would say like real melodic hardcore. Sure. Yeah. Where it's like, you're talking about the guitar sound, not the vocals. Right. It's you know. <laughs> yeah. cause, cause it's like, that's like where 
it gets weird, right? Because they hear melodic and they think it's going to sound a certain way vocally because people who don't know shit like hear the vocals, they hear screaming, they think heavy, but it's like the the composing of like some of those songs was like extremely melodic, like guitar and instrument wise. Right. Is that like something, did you guys like, were you like, this is what we want to sound like? Or is that something that just like kind of, it happened. happened. It just one day we got together and we started writing uh, some of the early tracks on that record, and we just loved it. Yeah, like definitely was like different at the time. Um, I remember that like era of hardcore and like the like when I started seeing you guys, like the scene in in Manchester, New Hampshire, and like um, ha- like Haverhill, not so much, but like Manchester definitely had like this like metalcore and more like sort of beat down like uh right like 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 jock hardcore type of vibe to it where it was like you know trials and cold words and like um dead ocean and those type of bands where it was like very right. break breakdown oriented and you guys kind of went this other way um and I like I know that like originally there wasn't like a great response because it's kind of like you can't really dance to it. There's not really like heavy parts. But over time, you guys built like a pretty solid following from what I remember. Oh, yeah. People had no idea what to uh, what to do. <laughs> yeah. So but, like uh... so go, going to those shows and playing in front of 10 people like like talk about what made you continue to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like what made you because those first couple I mean, shit, man, even when I when I joined the band in fucking I don't even know what year that was. It was three years after that. Uh, and I was with you guys for a short period of time. Like even when, when I was around, it was like, you know, you play in front of we had a couple of banger shows, but on average, we're playing in front of fucking 25 people. Right. So for you, what was like, what's your driving factor with that? Like what made you say like, fuck, man, like. I, I want to keep doing this even if I'm playing in front of 10 people. That's just what we loved, you know? It's That's the music we loved. I mean, we could easily write beat-down music. It, it wouldn't be fun Yeah, uh, for us anyways. We came from a, a music background. We were all in band together in high school, and you know, we liked the technical stuff. Yeah, it's very cool to, like, see the progression. And, like, I know, uh, like, Kevin Billingsley, um, who recorded – two of the bands I was with and then recorded all of your records, right? Um, yeah. Up until the most recent one. Yeah. So the two Riley EPs and then the, the one that I was on, um, he recorded all those. He posted a video the other day where it was like Cody, the drummer going through, I forget what track it was, but it was like flawless front to back. And I like, I watched that video dude. And I remember I wasn't there for that but I was around like in the scene, seeing you guys play a lot and stuff. And, and uh, it was just like, I could remember what that year, like smelt like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember like, (laughs) like, I just remember like being like, uh, however old I was and listening to those records and hanging out. Like, I remember like the group of people I was around the people, like the music I was listening to as well. Um, When, when you look back and you listen to, those those earlier records for monarch um are you are you like man i wish we would have done this different on this one or this one or do you listen to those and you're like fuck yeah like those are exactly what i wanted those are like a time capsule or how do you feel about those records as a whole i think you know any artist would you know go back and change something but i mean it is what it is it was something we finished at that time and i wouldn't change it at all now it's one of the one of the best times of my life, honestly, thinking back those times, uh, you know, early Monarch, it, you know, it was the best. It was so much fun. I met almost all of my friends through music. You know, yeah, I, I, I mean, met you guys, uh, you know, it was the it's, best. It was very cool. Like uh, getting a chance to like drive to weird places and play weird shows in front of people you don't know and then all of a sudden you're friends with those people i think that there's like um because like hardcore and and punk and like those alternative you know outlets they kind of bring people that have maybe like social issues or like they're just maybe awkward or whatever and i felt like whenever um 
because cold words when i was in cold words we definitely had a different vibe it was definitely like fuck all y'all like oh yeah fuck it you know like you're gonna listen to us and like it or you're not and we don't give a fuck and it was like definitely a different vibe but i know that like um doing a little bit of traveling with monarch and going to those shows down in rhode island and connecticut whatever um and up in maine uh i always found it was really cool like that you could walk in a room and there might be people that just every like you know 90 percent of the people in there are fucking nerds at their their high school they're yeah you know and then we all get together and it's like well i don't give a fuck where you're from dude i'm just stoked that you're here yeah you know everything is just left at the door and you know it's all just you know you're in there in the space all together all the bullshit's left at the door all the reality is outside you know it's just gone for that moment and that's like the cool part about hardcore i think yeah there's definitely like a separation from like real world um stuff where it's like for this 20 minute set I get, dude, I still think about the show that we played at the, I got goosebumps right now thinking about the show that we played up in the Wyndham County Fight Center. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that, that someone got like those like cool, I think you made like a, a, an edit or some, some chick was videoing or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, we were just, you know, fucking around. We were like, we got on that bill and we're, I remember being stoked because like too late the hero was headlining. So like, oh, there's going to be a fuck ton of people here. And I just remember that show particularly like there wasn't any fights it was people were going crazy the whole time and i just like our set you know it's like one of those things where you don't remember doing it until you're done almost oh yeah it's like a blur yeah like all of a sudden the set's over and you're like damn i don't even fucking remember playing that it's like you look back at the videos i think uh i think cody had like a a gopro or something on his drum kit and you look back at that and it's like dude that is fucking sweet. Um, so, so like speaking of those records, um, the the first two, the Riley EPs. Uh, do you want to like? Can you can you explain? Or are you in the know of like how Jimmy went about with those lyrics and like what that was? Because I I feel like that's a really cool aspect of what you guys did, and that was something that drew me to the band. Um, just because I was like, this is fucking different, you know. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're, we were 18 at the time and it's like, what are a bunch of 18 year olds going to write about? Right. Like what do we have to complain about? (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Jimmy found these writings from his grandfather um, who was kind of like an unpublished uh, poet. And he had some really interesting uh, poems in there and Jimmy just started kind of matching them up to some of our songs and it it just worked and uh i mean if you if you had read the lyrics there's some really really good writings in there that are just kind of insane and we got really lucky being able to use them and hopefully uh giving them justice yeah it was they were very heavy like a lot of them especially riley too was dark oh yeah very very fucking dark um I remember you, know, you listen to you listen to the record first and there's kind of like some kind of goofy goofball stuff like in the beginning of that record where you guys yeah. are like talking and like hit it, you know, whatever. And it's like and, you know, you see you guys live. And I remember I thought I was old then, but <laughs> turns out I'm old now. Um, but I remember watching. And it's like you don't really understand the complexity of it until like you sat down and read those lyrics. And it was like, holy shit, dude, this is like, oh, yeah heavy shit very dark um wasn't he like a wasn't he like a world war ii vet or something uh something like that yeah yeah he was overseas somewhere and i know that like i just remember kind of talking to jimmy about it and when i got brought on after he had left or whatever i remember uh being like what the exactly what you just said like what the fuck am i gonna write about and now it's like it was very like it wasn't easy with cold words like Cause I wrote, we wrote that record and it was basically all about my struggles with addiction. Um, the cold words breaking the vice EP. It was like, it was not easy, but it was like subject matter that I was very familiar with. Like I just wrote what I was feeling and it was right. easy. It was like, okay, this is how I feel. I'm, I'm trying to be as tough as possible. <laughs> like <laughs> I want people to, I want people to get punched in the face listening to this. Right. And then 
And then it's like, all right, now I'm seeing for Monarch, we have these fucking four or five songs that we wrote. And it's like, how am I going to top some fucking English professor that's been in a war whose wife died? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I know. There's no topping that. And he, he went through some shit. Yeah, yeah. It seemed very serious. And I just remember being like, I think there's a song on the record I'm on where I literally wrote a song about how it was hard to write lyrics. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, yep. I just got to lay it all out on the table and be like, fuck, here it is. And um, I, I, I always said that the group, obviously, I, I have a place for Cold Words, you know, deep in my heart there. Uh, of course. It was the first first band I was, you know, recorded with and, you know accepted in you know and then um singing for you i always used to say like i basically got a hardcore kids wet dream twice because i was a fan of cold words before i sang for them and then i was a huge fan of you guys um before i did vocals for you guys and um i look back like you said man i look back on that time and i'm just like really grateful for the opportunity to have worked with you guys because all all three of you guys were just incredible musicians made my job fucking easy and hard at the same time <laughs> oh you yeah know? i mean it was a it was a wild time and it, it i think back and we were all you know so serious about it oh we got to get signed we got to do this and now i think back and it's like i'm glad we didn't take it too seriously we just had fun and we we obviously didn't play any huge like arenas but we had a great time yeah and it's sort of like uh i learned a lot about myself i know for for me um and, and I'm sure for you too, like I learned a lot about myself uh, and, and what type of person I wanted to be when I was involved in the hardcore scene. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a lot of reflection. Yeah. You see a lot of people, um, you see a lot of people a lot from a lot of different walks of life and you kind of put together uh, who you want to be and who you don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, going happened. back to the shows. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're all you know, everyone's going through some shit, you know, but you're yeah. all in the space enjoying like, you know, whoever, whatever band it is at the, at the time. And you're all just enjoying it all just blowing off steam. However way you're, you know, however way you do that moshing or whatever. Yeah. Whether it's head walking or fucking standing in the corner and listening or fucking yeah, punch, punching people in the head or whatever. I, I really, I gained something. I gained a lot of, um, like I think I hold a lot of my morals kind of uh, come from the hardcore scene. Would you do you feel like? Uh, oh yeah, like for sure. Th the standard like loyalty, honor, like all that stuff. I try and carry that forward. Do you think that that's stuff that you've like going forward in your life? You've been like, you know, I learned this from the music and the scene that I came from, or is it something that you've kind of like walked away from, or or how do you feel about like that the standard? hardcore values like honor respect loyalty you know like hard work type shit oh yeah for sure and, and definitely specific bands um like have heart really really pulled me out of some uh, hard times i know that's like super cliche to say that oh half heart saved my life whatever but <laughs> no uh, i mean i think that's important man yeah especially with um them and other uh, straight edge bands that kind of helped me get into um that mindset really pulled me out of some uh, difficult times. Yeah, sure. So I, yeah, I really, like I said, I'd like to get into that. So you've been straight at your straight edge. How long have you been straight edge for? How long have you claimed? Um, let's see. Uh, well, that was probably in seventh grade is when I found out what straight edge really was. Um, I've never actually smoked or drank or anything. So I've been sober forever. Um, really all. Go ahead. Yeah, claimed in uh, like seventh grade, I guess, which also is pretty topical. I know people say you can't claim until you're like 21 or whatever, but whatever. How old are you now? I'm 27. Yeah, so it's not like you turned 21 and broke. Right, right. <laughs> it's like that's the thing. So it's like – so for people that don't know, um, like why don't you just – like what – like. What would what would you say the the definition like couple sentence definition of of what straight edge is if you had like to put it and then like what then separately what does it mean for you? Okay, yeah. So straight edge, you know, at its core is um, no alcohol, no drugs, and no promiscuous sex. Um, 
the third the third one being uh <laughs> yeah it, i don't know how on who you talk to yeah yeah with that, <laughs> I mean, at its core that's what it is it's not altering your um your uh your state of mind i guess you know no from use of drugs or whatever um for me it's you know living clean uh staying out of uh, drugs alcohol i don't have anything against people who use it have used it uh, i've told you that before i mean there are people who uh, are very against it but um it's just it's for me that's what it is it's uh, it's my own mentality do you think that that's like a um um like a thing of like maturity for you since you've gotten older where you're like i don't care what other people do this is just my choice or did you always kind of hold that value because i mean dude i wasn't not that i was all fucked up when we you know played shows together but i mean like i smoked cigarettes and, and drank beers every so often so like would did you always kind of have that feeling where you were like this is just my decision or did you go through a time where you felt like more militant about it now I've always been uh, laid back. You know, you do you, I'll I'll do me. Um and I know there there's definitely some straight edge people out there who are uh, you know, you watch uh, Boston beat down and you'll get a glimpse of what that's like. Yeah, it's it's turns into like a different thing and that was always confusing for me. Um I had, you know, I still have some really great friends who who are edge um, who I respect the fuck out of dude that have always been really respectful to me. And I've, I, you know, um, the confusing thing for me was, and we used to make fun. Like I'd poke fun at people for this, where they're like, you know, uh, straight edge for, for my health and, you know, for my mental stability and my blah. And then it's like, you just, you just broke that kid's jaw <laughs> because, because he's not from this city. That's very confusing to me. You know what I mean? And there's oh, no. definitely like that militant side of things. So like, um, I don't want you people to fucking start headhunting you or anything, but what, what, like, what's your, like, you know, have you experienced that where kind of an eat your own type thing where like maybe someone who's edge giving you shit for being friends with someone who wasn't, or like, have you experienced where you've seen people like do the dumb shit where they beat somebody up for smoking a cigarette? Like, have you experienced any of that? Like in your time? I know people on both sides of it. I've never I've never gotten any shit, but I've definitely seen some real militant people just beating the shit out of people for doing, you know, drinking a beer at a show, you know, like a yeah. straight edge show, like a straight edge only show. Sure. Yeah, I've definitely like uh, I know that people probably don't know this, but a lot a lot of it like, you know, stems from like can't have an all ages show when there's people who are fucked up at it. Like it's right. it's very hard to have uh, an all ages venue and then have some dude show up with a fucking bottle of whiskey and be shit faced because it's a really easy way to get your your venue shut down. Right. So I, I know that that's part of it. Um, I was always confused by like the super, super violent side of like. So so I guess that's sort of my question for you is like, where do you think that's what what? what do you think that is like you know you have bands like um like i love no zodiac i think no zodiac is fucking sick right, i think yeah. they're a straight edge band i know their vocalists or their old vocalists used to be i don't know if they still are um but what do you think that's about with you know edge edge people and like the the closeness in proximity to violence like why do you think the two what what do you think that is that goes hand in hand? Do you have any thoughts on that? I honestly don't know, and I can't speak for them. I sometimes I kind of I assimilate it to like bikers, you know, like you go out and buy a Harley. It doesn't mean you're in Hell's Angels, you know, but there's obviously a two ends to the spectrum, you know. Sure, sure. So you think it's like like mob mentality type stuff where it's like people get involved with maybe a crew or, or whatever. I don't want to get in specifics. We'll get us. Oh, I know. We'll both get <laughs> fucking killed. Like <laughs> We're going to die like, tomorrow. No shit. Like I just, uh, I know that like people really get uptight about it a lot. And it's, it's just funny. Cause if you go to um, there, let's see if I can say this uh, <laughs> being vague, there are certain shows uh on the East coast that if you go to, there's going to be a 
line at the bar of dudes drinking with straight edge tattoos <laughs> that are, yep. but you know what I'm saying? Like you look down the bar and you see a bunch of dudes with booze in their hand with an X on their, on their neck. Um, and they're still like these, like sort of really rough and tumble violent dudes who have broke edge. Um, what, like, what's your thought on like on edge break? Like, do you like, if that was, I mean, obviously you're 20, so I don't, I don't foresee you fucking breaking edge at any point, if you've made it this far, 27 years old, you've never had a drink of alcohol in your life. Uh, what do you think of the dudes that break? Like, I know you said, do you, do you, they do them. Like, uh, have you had friends that have done that, that you've like fallen out with, or has it always been like a whatever thing? At the end of the day, I, I really don't care. It is kind of, uh, I don't want to say disappointing, but it's, it's one of those things. It's, you don't have to claim if you, if you think you might break, you know, if you want to stay sober, cool, but it's not a joke to, to people like us who, uh, you know, we're straight edge and I guess it's a difficult topic because it, it means something different for everyone, but, um, sure. I, I don't care if you want to break edge, whatever, but just know that there are people who really take it seriously. Yeah. I, I know that there's like a, uh, there's a Bane lyric on, I think it's on the note record um, where he talks about like, he basically says like, do not claim edge unless you're fucking serious about it. Like don't throw away the promise, like an old t-shirt. Like it's like a sort of like a, um, like a sacred type thing for the guys who have been edge forever. Like it's like, um, so when you see trend, sure. Yeah. So that's like a thing. Right. And that's like very, uh, that statement alone is very uh, true to form when it comes to like hardcore. It's like, this isn't a phase. Like, it's right. like, this is my whole fucking life. And um, I found since I've gotten older, I don't, do you still go to shows or what? Yeah, once in a while, it's gotta be a good show, you know? Yeah. It has to be like something solid. Uh, I went and saw um, counterparts, which is like, they're like my favorite band. They're, they're my have heart, you know? Yeah, like I, oh yeah. I love I love that fucking band, um, and I went up and saw them. I don't know, like four or five months ago, up in Cleveland, and they were playing with like uh, Straight from the Path and this band Chamber, who's fucking sweet, and um, Greyhaven, and they're, you know, it wasn't like a, it's not like a straight up hardcore show. It's kind of a mixed bag with that stuff, um. But I definitely like <laughs> I was saying to Val, it felt weird because I, I walk in there and obviously like I've dressed the same forever since you've known me. It's like always been like mesh shorts and a T-shirt. Like, oh, yeah, that's just day. how I've always been like that. That's just like I've always dressed like an early 2000 hardcore kid. It just is what it is. Um, so I walk in there and it's like, you know, I got like whatever got Adidas and fucking mesh shorts and a windbreaker on with a Boston hat. That's just what I wear. And I walk in there and it's like. I felt weird because my initial thought in my brain was like, why are these kids dressing so fucking weird now? Like, they're probably looking at you like you're a fake. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, it's changed to like, I felt like my dad where it's like, why the fuck are you wearing that? Why are your pants so tight? What is, what's going on? Like I immediately was just like, felt that, that feeling of like, uh, sort of like, not judgmental, but you know, you, you look at them and you're like, wow, man, like, shit has changed you know it's like uh as far as the aesthetic but the point of telling this story is as soon as like the first band rings out and like lets the feedback start going like it did not fucking matter what anyone was wearing yep it's on like it was just fun like it was just like i felt that same like uh like sort of butterflies in your stomach you know you're like oh yeah excited you know and um there's nothing that could really compare to that feeling. I don't think it's like uh, anticipation and, and kind of like, uh, like you're kind of size. I, you know, I fucking dance at shows. I like moshing at shows. It's fun. And so everyone's kind of like sizing everybody up, you know, and it's like that pre, like it's almost like pre fight type feeling. Um, and I just like, I wish I could go to more shows now, dude. I, I really wish I, I, I like was still involved. Uh, more you know what i mean that's uh, kind of the thing about hardcore that I, I just really love you know you go to a show 
and maybe you go alone or something and you go and you don't know any of the people there and you know once the once the music starts playing you know you're mosh and moving around at the end of it like you know all the people around you you know and they might go on to be your friends it's just like everyone has that genuine respect for everyone whether or not they like you or not they could hate you but they're still going to respect you yeah there is definitely that i definitely agree that um in in theory and in like uh ideal that's how it works right it's a judgment free zone is what right. it's supposed to be it's supposed to be just like everybody can come here and there's obviously been the bullshit you know like of course uh we saw it for a couple of years you know back home where all of a sudden it was like who's the toughest guy in the room type shit oh yeah uh, or who has the toughest friends in the room um which is something that i always was like <clears throat> bummed on uh but I think that in general, like what you said, you know, you show up, you don't know anybody there. They don't know you, you know, like, and, and by the end of the show, you might give someone a handshake or a hug or, or, or whatever. And, um, kind of like, it sounds so stupid, but it's like, you're like brothers in the scene, you know, it's like, yeah. um, I've really found since, since stepping away and not being in it as much, um, that, the people that I might like look at from my time in the hardcore scene and be like, Oh, that dude ended up being a phony or, or that dude ended up being, you know, having a fallen out with, and then you walk away from it and you blame it on the scene. And then you get involved in another scene or you go to a start a new job. And it's like, you know what? That's just people, dude. There's just awesome people everywhere. And there's shitty people everywhere. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and, and it just happens that like with hardcore, the shitty people get to be violent <laughs> or, oh, yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Um, so, so with Monarch, you put out uh, the, the three and then you put out one with, with Johnny singing, correct? Right. Yep. That was the most recent. Um, and what was that called again? Like Navy hymns or. Uh, <laughs> Northern was, winds was, and Navy hymns. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved that record. I oh, thought it was you. really good. I thought it was really good. I didn't, uh, obviously it's like, it's like a different vibe. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if cold words put out a new record, you'd be like, that's, that's cool, but it's not as cool as the one I heard that when I first heard him, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it yeah. seemed it was, it was very like, um, I thought the latest one was very, uh, adult sounding. Like it was very, like, you could tell you guys had like honed your craft. Yeah, when you think about it, it's like it was like seven years later, you know. So we all did kind of grow up. Yeah, it was very like polished, and um, like the songwriting was great. I think Johnny did a great job with the vocals and the lyrics. You know, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I, th I thought he did a really good job. Are you? Uh, are you? Do you still play the guitar regularly? Are you making music at all? Or I know you had problems with like carpal tunnel and stuff, fucking your hand up. But have you? Do you still play music regularly, or, or what are you up to? I still play to stay sharp. Um, I've got a bunch of things I'm kind of working on. Um, I really don't know which way I want to go yet. I'd love to start another hardcore band. I'd love to, I'd love to do like a solo project. I really don't know what I want to do right now, but um, I, I yeah. really liked the, the solo stuff you sent me where I think you were singing on it. Yeah. It you're was the like, only one uh, who's heard that. I <laughs> no one else gets to it's in my brain only <laughs> i really liked it man i think that uh i think your voice is good the guitar playing is great i think it'd be really cool to see you do like a like an american football type thing i might do something like that i, I just got to get some guys together and get it going it's very yeah it's very difficult it's like you think it's like uh because i've tried to start music projects like as i've gotten older here and there uh and it's like you think it's hard when you're a kid it's harder when you're an adult. Oh yeah. It just gets harder and harder. <laughs> yeah. Cause people have jobs. It's like it's the first time it's like, Oh man, he doesn't have a car that's big enough to get his drum kit in. Fuck. All right. We got to figure this out. Now it's like, dude, we all got cars. We all got money. I don't have any fucking time, bro. Like, I can't, oh yeah. You know, like when, you, like, when you start, it's like, Oh, my mom says we can't have practice today, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like we'll have to figure something else out. But it's like when you did get together, it was like a fucking five hour hang session where you got a bunch of shit done or, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, whereas as now it's, it'd be, I'd be hard pressed to find five hours to sit down and write music. Oh yeah. It's difficult. You know? Um, I know that like, for me, like last year or earlier this year, putting out that um, 
the electronic stuff that I worked on was really fun. And it was like a, uh, for me, it was kind of one of those moments where it's like, I did something by myself front to back, um, like, you know, wrote the song, put it all together. Um, and that yeah, was like a special, re- it's a really cool feeling. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I, not that it was anything like super cool or anything. It was just like weird and like, you know, kind of industrial goth. I don't even know what the fuck you would call it. Just weird shit. Um, but I think that like, dude, I would be really stoked if you put something together. Like if you did like a solo project, because you deserve it, man. You're a fucking great guitar player, you know, a great musician. So I, I like now that I know you're thinking about it, I'm going to push you in that. <laughs> Just because I want to hear it, bro. Like I want to oh. be, you know, I want to fucking I want to hear like a full Mike Marino record. I appreciate that, but yeah, I think that's next to, for me. You know, I I, I kind of want that feeling, like you just said, like it's it's all yours. Everything was done by you. I I kind of want that. Yeah, there's no pressure. There's no like real pressure to get it out by a certain time either. It's like, just you know, if you have a song, it's like, well, it's done when I fucking say it is, and I don't need anyone else's approval on if it's done or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. And then it's just your shit to live and die by. I think that that's like. Uh, I don't know. It's not many people get that. There's something you know about I mean? writing music. If we circle back to, you know, the band for, for just a second. Um, sure. You know, we're all whatever age, 20, um, 20 or so we're all going through some shit, but the best, the best time was just getting together for practice. And it was like therapy. We wouldn't have to say anything. It would just be like, you start playing and just everything goes away. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, dude. Yes, absolutely. That like, dude, that's such a cool feeling when you get like dialed in. Where it was like, um, we got when I was when I was with you guys, we got to this point for a brief minute, and then with Cold Words, it was like solid fucking probably two years of 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 this sort of feeling where it's like you show up to practice, you bullshit for a minute, everybody plugs in, tunes in, count fucking drummer counts off, you play your whole set. And then start talking and writing because you're just like so dialed. You know what I mean? It's like you can just yeah. count off, play the fucking set, practice it, make sure everything's fucking tight as a drum and then and then move on. Um, but like what you said, it's like you're kind of. It's it's so hard to articulate. And I think that you'll get this where it's like you're alone in the room with your bandmates. Yeah, it's kind of like sense. some like weird outer body experience where you're like communicating, <laughs> yeah. but you're yes. not communicating. It's weird. Yeah, you three especially, like watching the three of you guys play music, it was like so fucking evident that y'all have been playing together for a really long time. Uh, particularly like your uh, relationship with Cody and Pipsqueak's uh, relationship <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with, with Cody. Like you could see it. Um, you know, and like, I just, I don't, as serious as that music was with Monarch and, and the subject matter and the, the overall sound of it and everything. Um, I think that like the amount that we had, I can only speak for my time in the band. I can't speak for, you know, Jimmy or Johnny. I can't speak for any of that. But when I was in the band, I just remember playing shows and just like goofing with each other when we were playing. Oh yeah. Like fucking with Cody, grabbing a hi hat, like fucking around, you know what I mean? Like making funny face, whatever. And uh th- it's like really hard to replicate that feeling where it's like because obviously like I lift weights now at a pretty high level. Um and I get that I get that feeling of like being in front of people and, and getting people to like watch me and it, it, it kind of feels similar, but there's no goofing around. It's, right. it's very it's very serious i have to be pretty serious when i'm you know trying to squat something that's four digits it's like it gets pretty intense pretty quick um, I imagine yeah, yeah like you know it's like a different world it's it's similar in some in some aspects but that that feeling of like yo it's the four of us versus everybody in this fucking room and we're just gonna like goofball it up and play this music and have fun and like put on a show for people um I love that. I mi- I miss that very specific feeling. Right. And then you know, yeah. you got the whole audience going and it just feels amazing. It's a very like cool. Yeah. It's a very cool like rat-a-tat that you have. Like we're going to 
we're going to give you guys all that we have. And then like, you know, whenever you get a crowd response, like um, it, it, it always felt really, really uh, what's the word. It just felt special. You know, I, I got a chance to, I'm friends with um, bubble from all that remains. He played in like, he was in legend and bury your dead. He's a bass player. Um, I guarantee you, if you saw him, you'd know exactly who he was. Um, so he plays with all that remains. Uh, and so they're like big now. Like they're like, they oh, play yeah. like, I, I saw them at the bomb shelter in fucking Manchester when I was like 19. And now they play like huge <sighs> fucking shows. But uh, I went out and saw them. He invited us out. We went out to like Indianapolis or something. And um, that was the first show I had been to in fucking years. Right. And uh, we got a chance to like stand out back and kind of like watch from like the side of the stage. Um, cause I was like, I don't really have any interest in being like just smushed up in the front with a bunch of people. Yeah. And, um, it was like, that kind of like really made me miss playing shows. Cause I got a chance to like, see it from like almost where they were seeing it from. Cause there's like side stage. Oh yeah. I and, know what you uh, mean. Yeah. You, you're like, Oh fuck. Like I'm right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I can almost feel like what you guys are feeling. Um, and it's like really, it's really neat to like watch people who do it professionally because you watch them and you're like, this is exactly what you are supposed to be doing. Cause, and I can tell by how you're acting on stage, you know? That's kind of like what I was about to say is the, the last show I went to was um, Incendiary. And okay. They're like my favorite band right now. They're yep. sick. Um, they are very I, sick. I was at the show and I was like, dude, I should be up there. Like, this isn't right. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I need to be <laughs> yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, especially with bands like that too, where like you kind of, we kind of watch them get bigger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and now all of a sudden they're bigger and it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what certain people have done with certain bands and, and, and gotten bigger or, or stopped playing or whatever. Um, I miss the fuck out of playing shows, man. There was, oh, yeah there's always like negatives and it's like, don't even want to dwell on. There's always like bullshit with promoters and, you know, particularly one in a specific area of Manchester that were just always like a shit show. But, uh, the actual physical act of, of playing a show, um, and the people that I met, the experiences that you have, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I wasn't in the van with you guys when you drove out to New York, I was in obviously the cold words van, but. Oh yeah. We uh, met you there. Yeah. That was like, that was sick. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like, you get a little glimpse into what it would be like to have like a real tour, you know? And like, just like kind of feel like mom and dad left the house, you know? Like we're like, Oh we're yeah. out here by ourselves out here. <laughs> like here we are in a fucking <laughs> sh- shitty van. It's somewhere in upstate New York playing a fucking basement with uh, what was that band? They were like a super tough guy band from New York. Fuck. Brick by uh, brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. holy shit dude with like the toughest dudes like it's like the dude the fucking drummer like pulls out a piece and like puts it under his drum seat like while dude, he plays yeah. <laughs> they all took was, their guns out yeah it was so weird i was like uh okay we're like what, what did uh we're standing dude this is so fucking funny i'm standing there with uh with Mark and uh, we were talking to the vocalist and I believe that the big guitar player, I forget his name, but he like book shows and um, we're standing there, we're talking or whatever. And the drummer comes over and he, uh, he just like, does like a big, like, <sighs> like reaches his hands up and pulls his shirt up and there's a piece. And it's the, and we, we looked at him and his, t- the two guys in his band is just like, really dude. <laughs> They're like, it's, it's okay. He's like, what am I wrong for that? Like, am I wrong for that? It's like, fuck dude. And mind you, we're in like small town, New York, not like New York city. We're upstate New York. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, what was the, it was like the Rhoda art club. We're in a yeah. fucking dusty basement. I remember, uh, we were supposed to, I'm not even going to mention his fucking name. The kid that yeah. put on that show, fuck him. but, uh, yeah, the worst, but, uh, I remember we were supposed to get paid like whatever it was like 60 or 80 bucks, something stupid. That was like enough for half a tank of gas at the time. And uh, he fucked us. He's like, yeah, here's 20 bucks. And I was like, man, what the fuck? And I remember the dudes from brick by brick looked at us and they're like, here, take ours. And they gave us their headliner money, which was only like 40 bucks. Um, But that was like really cool to see these dudes who are like bad motherfuckers, like, 
severe motherfuckers. And they just like saw us as like, we're this, you know, low level band. I mean, we were basically, I mean, the guys in cold words, we were basically the same age as those dudes. Um, and they just like helped us out where they didn't really have to. Yeah. And I and think it was like, kind of goes back to the hardcore uh, community thing, you know? Yeah. Like when you hit, when it, when it hits right, it's like a special thing. You know what it I'm is. saying? Cause those dudes could have just very easily been like, huh, sucks to be you. But yep. they actually, they actually like gave us the, uh, <clears throat> gave us the money. I was like really fucking rad of them. So, um, switching gears a little bit. So actually a lot of it, uh, you do all of the design work for trigger warning. I'd say 99.9%. I've gotten like one, one thing made by, um, my buddy who's a tattoo artist. Um, and then you also did the night crew design. Yep. Um, there's a good chance if you're listening to this podcast, you're wearing something I made. <laughs> yeah. And that is like super sick. Uh, how long have you been using like illustrator? Well, what do you use for use Adobe? Yeah. Adobe illustrator, Photoshop, that whole thing. Um, how long have you been doing that for? Not that long. Um, I'd say, well, in like the design world, I guess I'm, I'm still fairly new. Uh, maybe, I don't know, six years uh, with like the most recent years being a little more serious. Yeah. I mean, dude, like just if you look at like go through our fucking messages, dude, and just like <laughs> go, go through like the designs that you come up with now and the designs – that you used to come up with and it's just elevated dude like obviously the the chain one is holds dear to my heart but um the evolution has been cool you know it's funny i went back and looked just for the sake of this podcast and you posted on facebook this time in 2013 was it 2013 or 2014 i think probably 14 looking for a logo and you had just said something like hey can anybody make a logo and I'm the one who made it for you. And that that's the rest is history. Dude, that's so sick. And I, I don't even, I just remember being like, fuck man, like this is sweet. It kind of keep it all in the family. Like I know Mike, like he's going to do a good job, but it's like, it's nerve wracking to just be like, I remember, dude, I said, I, I just, all I said to you is like, I don't want a fucking lion and I don't want a barbell. Yep. Like that was it. we, we use a lot of, we use a lot of chains. Maybe you can do something cool with that. This is the name like what do you think and then you came back with that fucking globe and the the varsity font on the back and i was like fuck yes like (laughs) this is fucking perfect uh and it's all been i mean like the evolution has been really cool man like to watch like how i don't want to say you got better at what you do i mean you obviously did um but that sort of implies that you weren't good before but i think that like your ability to take an idea from like a dumbass meathead like myself, who's like, doesn't really have like a huge, any huge like artistic inclination and turn it into a reality is something that's like, you can't teach that skill. And I feel like you've gotten really fucking good at it. That's definitely the struggle. Um, not just power lifters, but I mean, anybody, it's hard to kind of explain the design you're looking for. If you, if you can't draw, you know, yeah, yeah, you have to come up with like other ideas and like you have to like find pictures of shit that looks similar. It's like like this, but different. And it's like okay, like this, but not like this. And put put this in there and make it like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's really like, cool, okay. man. Do you take on so you take on people to do design work for them um, as just like a side a side thing? Yeah, you have like a, you have like a full time job also. Yeah, it's uh, it's my side job. Um, I don't take it too, too seriously. I, I just like helping people out with their, uh, you know, people starting companies, businesses, uh, whatever it may be. I like helping smaller, smaller people, you know? Yeah. That's it's really fun. Rad. Yeah. That's sick. Do you, do you like, uh, like, do you enjoy the process? Of, oh yeah. It's great. Coming up. Yeah. Like you, you, you feel like you get something, um, like a return on that for like not like a return as far as like just the financial stuff but as far as like do you have a good time sitting down in front of your computer and working on designs well it's funny um going back to the to the post you made asking for a logo like i hated that logo 
when I made it. I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give him this and whatever, man. It's just gonna be, <laughs> you know. I mean, see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, trigger warning could have just been like a, you know, like a two month ordeal and then you know thrown in the trash. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I was like, eh, whatever. This will work. And then seeing people on Instagram like wearing it and loving it, and it's like, okay. And then just over time, the people at the meets wearing the shit and it's kind of amazing. I really love that. Yeah, dude, man. Like we, I can't, I say it to Val. I'm like, anytime I have like an extra hundred bucks, I just like sneak it in your PayPal. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> here you go, dude. Like, here's like, dude, like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Like for everything that you've done. Cause it's really like now. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that like people who are listening to this can now like put a name to all that stuff. Cause I'll tag you and stuff here and there. It's like, um, it's really, you know, without your assistance and without, you know, the creativity behind a lot of those designs, like, um, might not have grown as much as it did. You know, people really took, you know, I kind of like conceptualized the idea of like what the brand was going to be and what, you know, what, um, you know, we stood for like the, the core values of it. But if it looks like shit, it doesn't really matter how cool the fucking values are behind it. Like it has to look fucking sweet or no one's even going to look at it. Yeah, someone's got to buy it. Yeah, and like, you know, uh, I think that that globe, like I said to Val, like eventually it's going to get fucking tattooed on me somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know when, but I'm that that will be fucking tattooed on my body somewhere just based on the fact that like, like if I never sold another t-shirt, never got another client again, I'd still would get that tattooed on me because like the past four years has been, it's like pretty phenomenal at the, the growth. Um, yeah, it's a huge part of your life right now. Yeah. I mean, dude, like this is, I wake up in the morning and I get on my computer and I start coaching and then, you know, and then I get on Instagram and start trying to create content and stuff. And, um, I'm just really good now. It's like in a public setting, just wanted to say, you know, like, thank you for everything you've done for that. Cause it's like, uh, that trying to make that first logo was, I didn't know whether to shit or go blind. I'm like, I have no fucking idea how to do this. Like, I don't, <laughs> like it's, it's I, funny. Cause yeah, you, you had no direction. And I honestly like when people don't have a direction because I think the best designs come out when you're just kind of given a blank slate, like, yeah, just, just go for it. You know? Yeah. Like I, I definitely feel the same way, like working with tattoo artists and stuff. Whenever I go to get tattooed, my favorite tattoos have been when I like, haven't seen the stencil until I get there. And I just kind of tell them like what I kind of want, like, Hey man, I want like a tough wolf on my neck with wings on the side and they're like, okay, cool. And then I show up and I'm like, sweet dude, if you think it looks good, like you're the professional, not me. So when, when you come up with a design, I try and like, I used to like, if you sent me something and I didn't like it, I would sort of just be like, nah, and like disregard it. But now if you send me something and it, it doesn't immediately pop to me, I sit for a second with it and look at it and be like, he does this for, you know, this is part of his income. He's better at this than me. He knows something. He sees something that I'm not seeing. Okay. I see what he did there. I like that. Maybe we just tweak this little thing here to make my brain feel better about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah. you know better than I do how to design shit. So who the fuck am I to tell you how to, you know what I mean? Like oh, That's how the snake came about. Which one? You know, the uh, the original snake logo. I mean, I, j- I drew the snake and you're like, eh, yeah, I-, I see where you're going. And then, I mean, look what happened now, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. That's It's because it's the same one on the earn your bragging rights, right? Yeah, it's the same one. It's just a different, uh, cropped a little differently. Dude, you you nailed that. That was so good. I was actually at that counterpart show uh, when I texted you that. When I was like, dude, earn your bragging rights on the back of a shirt. Like, we got to figure something out. Like, yep. this is going to be sweet. I forget. Like, the singer said something about, like, you know, earn your worth or something. You know, it was a breakdown, like, call out or something, you know. And uh, And I was like, oh, man, earn your bragging rights would be a really fucking cool thing it's like i i literally just regurgitated a different set of words at you and you put out a design that's like literally been the most successful design that that uh, you know that we've put out um so that one you dude that one like nailed it as soon as i got it back i showed it to val and she's like wow what the fuck dude that's so sick so i'm just like eternally grateful for for what you've done for the company dude because it's like uh i i lucked out that you answered that fucking status <laughs> I love it. I love watching you grow and you know the more and more people at all the meets wearing everything. The the picture you posted on Instagram of all you guys wearing like all the different shirts together is kind of Oh amazing. yeah. 
Yeah, dude, that shit's sick. When uh, the other day I took everything out of my closet, like all of the, because I hang my t-shirts and I, I took all the t-shirts out and laid them on my bed and just looked at them and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> like, of stuff. There's a lot of t-shirts that we've made and um, it's really cool because I feel like it's another way to sort of, it's like looking at a fucking record that you made, dude. Like I remember when I put, I, I like, I remember the black and red 13 shirts like i remember you know what i mean like i remember when we put that out i remember what was going on and um it's cool to have that like sort of documented i have all of the shirts except for one i i don't have or two i don't have the green uh green shirt with the white globe and i don't have the red shirt with the white globe but every other one i have and now i like make it a point to grab one because i'm like i can't I would feel really stupid if at the end of all this or, or whatever and be like, fuck, man, I wish I held on to all those shirts, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. They'll eventually go up in a room somewhere when I have a big house. Um, for, all right, the record, cool. so, for the record, I have 554 trigger warning files on my computer. God damn. <laughs> that's so sick. <laughs> oh, that's so sick. Uh, I promise I'm, I'm planning on getting sort of accustomed with that so I can like fuck with colors so i'm not like hey bro i know this is last minute but can you get me these five colors in the next four minutes thanks like yeah <laughs> and mo- like- most of the files are just that like yeah different color variations <laughs> and shit but yeah i'm gonna try and ease up on that so i can figure some shit out so um all right so we're closing in on an hour as everybody knows uh we like to do a uh, or I like to do a coolest thing you've seen on the internet everyone thinks the internet is fucking only negative but Fuck that shit. I have met some of my best friends on the internet. Um, I, you know, my business is on the internet. There's tons of positivity. If all you see is negative shit on the internet, you need to adjust your fucking scope because you control what you look at. So uh, I'll go first and then and then I'll let you go after. Um, all right. So the, the coolest thing I've seen, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of, of this guy, Chris Duffin, and I'm not a huge fan of him, but um, he posted a thing that was really cool. It was like, uh, I don't know if it's because the Arnold, some of the Arnold events got canceled or what, but they had a, like a special Olympics powerlifting meet at his gym. And it was only like five or six uh, athletes. And they, it was really cool. Cause like they put the spotlights on them and they had judges there and there was like a little crowd and people were, you know, and it just sort of, um, it made me feel like, just grateful to be, to not have any of those, you know, the issues that these kids have and, and watching like one of these kids, you know, squat, squat 200 pounds or whatever and freak the fuck out and be excited. Like, that's just like, it was really cool. It made me feel like, like a wholesome feeling, I guess, where I was like, yo, this is really like the human experience. This is so cool. Um, but yeah, I just think that like stuff like that is really neat. Cause I, I have the history of like, I worked with mentally handicapped people. Uh, actually, when I was pretty sure when I was in Monarch, I was doing that. Um, yeah, I think so actually. Uh, but yeah, seeing something like that kind of just makes you feel like an asshole for complaining about anything. Oh yeah. It's always very wholesome. <laughs> you know, like you're like, shit, man. Like I can't ever complain about anything because I can drive a car. I can make my own money. I don't have any physical ailments that stop me from just like living a normal life. Yeah. How am I going to complain about carpal tunnel from playing guitar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come it's on. True. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, so what about you? What's something you've seen on the internet? It could be like a new album. It could be okay. like whatever, dude, like somebody put out a new song or a new video or like whatever, dude, like what's something you've seen that, you know, that was cool. Um, I saw that scientists are talking about the possibility of there being another sun, but we can't see it because it emits UV light. Damn. Like how fucked up would that be? <laughs> yeah. Like it's been up there this entire time. You just blew up my brain, dude. Right. I love shit you, like that. You fucked me up, dude. <laughs> that is wild. And you, you hear it and you're like, that's crazy. Then you're like, that could make sense. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, anything could make sense, right? Yeah, that is, that's insane. They're like doing studies about that or did somebody like see something or is it like theorized or what? It's a theory right now, but I mean, just thinking about stuff like that is kind of cool. Fuck yeah, dude. It's like, uh, 
it's like sci-fi shit that is real you know you're like hold on a second is that a real thing um no that's dope i want you to forward me that link when we get done with this because i want to see that shit oh for sure Uh, where can what's your social media like if someone wants to um either follow your instagram or uh um, you know, get get work done from you if someone's interested in getting logos made or any like, you know, um, graphics done. How can people get a hold of you? What's your social? What's your email? All that shit. Yeah. Uh, Instagram's the best. Uh, Mike X Marino X for straight edge, you know. Yes, sir. Um, so Mike X Marino and they can just send you a DM on there and you'll get to them. Yep. Or my website is uh, Mike Marino dot co. Cool, cool. So if you need anything designed and you want to blow up like trigger warning, hit this motherfucker up because he's a good job. Hey man, can't guarantee thank- that. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey everybody, you know how to reach me, uh, but I'll say it anyway. Anthony CW13 is my Instagram, and then uh, the trigger warning Instagram is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate. Uh, for all of your, uh, you know, fat guy lifting weights, wishing we looked like bodybuilder needs, that sort of thing. Um, so that's it. That's the podcast. Thank you all for listening to the TWC Stay Hated podcast. And as always, you know it. Stay hated, motherfuckers.